is going on? Welcome to the Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Don't want to say hello. Hey. How's it going? And I want to say a big shout out to our sponsor, Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We have three tiers available, so go ahead and go check those out to various degrees of support for us. We're going to do the show and everything else we do without you all. Gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Hey, fantastic. Been digging into these spoilers and like we said last week, they are hot, very spicy. Um, I'm dying right now, but I, I've been doing pretty good, though. That's good. That's good. I hear you're uh, working on some custom magic cards, and one of them, one of these new spoilers really upset you? Um, it didn't upset me. It was just funny, because it was a name that I, I also had picked. Nice. Also, did All you right, know well, that, fun fact of the day, there's not a magic card named Apprehend. Really? Yeah. All the arrest cards, and there's there's not uh, Javert apprehending me? Right. There's capture by thopters and, like, seized by the consulate, but there's no apprehend. Oh, hmm. all right. But there was. A little bit of Mandala effect there, I guess. Anyway, like Chris said, we got a lot of spoils to get down to, so quick rundown for this week's episode. We're going to start off with our What Killed Magic per usual. We're going to do the, the 12 meta decks. We're just going to go over the challenge top eights, and then we are going to go and work our way through all these spoilers, because it was a three-day weekend here in the U.S., but spoiler season didn't stop. I can't believe the spoilers are already done on Friday. So I'm going to probably, I'm hoping to have this episode. This is the matter because by the time you hear the episode's going to be out, right? I'm hoping to have this episode out early. And then hopefully one of the two of us or two of us can get together real quick on like Friday or something to record wrap up thoughts. And then uh, we'll be done with spoilers. There we go. And then we have some downtime until Crimson Vow starts up probably mid-October, I would assume. Or early November, maybe. I don't know. Well, who knows? But what I do know is that the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the what killed magic. Chris, you're you're kind of on the ground, not not on the ground floor, but you were you were abreast of the situation. So break down to us kind of the sequel to secret hashtag secret GP. Yeah, first there was Firefest, then there was secret uh, secret GP. Now. There was what I'm calling the Snoop Dogg 10K because they didn't go home till six in the morning. Uh, sorry that you had to hear me uh, do that. So a company, are we cool using company names that uh, that really blow it? Sure. Uh, this place is called uh, Pro Support. This is actually the company that ran an event that uh, Ruckman and I went to pre-pandemic. Oh, they put on that. Um, yes. Yes, the pre-pandemic yes, yes. 1K. And so the reason that people are really letting this organizer have it is that it was very very poorly planned from the get-go. Um, all of our friends that attended the Hunter Burton, the policy was out way before, right? I do not believe mandatory vaccinations were there, but mandatory masks were, right? So you could make your decisions about whether or not you wanted to attend based on that, right? The policy was out there. Uh, this tournament organizer had just was very uh, dodgy on questions, seeming to try to appease everybody on what the policy was. And there just wasn't one. They just, nobody could get an answer. People were getting frustrated and the jokes about people started memeing on this tournament before it began. And then the day of happened. And also, did we, did we mention where this event was, which is why it did deep in the heart of Texas? Oh yeah. This was in Dallas. This was in a uh, good old fashioned Dallas. I believe it was actually at the Fort Worth convention center. I didn't even know this event was happening until you told me about the, the train wreck that's about to occur. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. First of all, this, this is actually the same the last time we went was they didn't, they only had one entrance and exit. Like, even though they were right next to like, it was getting super hot in there and everybody was getting upset. So, uh, round one pairs are supposed to go up. 
Nothing uh, Nothing happens. What Crickets, time were those uh, parents supposed to go up, Chris? Crickets, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, I believe. Oh, 10 o'clock okay. in the morning is when it was, uh, when it was supposed to start. Not yeah, a bad start well, time. Allegedly. And I think check-in was, uh, you know, or hours before that if you wanted. You could show up any time. Um, the problem was the tournament was going to be run through the MTG Companion app. Wait, hey, Chris, isn't there a, isn't there a player cap at like 18? Well, you know what? There might be. Um, they never found out because they tried to put, I don't know, 300 people <laughs> into the companion app and nobody ever bothered to check that it could handle that many people um, or even close to it. So there was just nothing to be done. <laughs> so they were just like, uh, you know, cue the yakety sax music here as the tournament organizer judges. Everybody's trying to run around and figure out a backup plan. Um, and, you know, an hour goes by, two two hours go by. Three hours go by, four hours go by, and I so think what, they finally now? by that time, yeah, two. I, I don't even think the tournament started till two or three o'clock in the afternoon. I, I know I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a, f- a five hour delay, is what I was told somewhere in that uh, area. I could be a little bit off, um, but by that time they had put everybody into some other kind of online pairing system, right? They were finally able to put all well, entrants in there. That's what I was going to say. Was like. It, when this doesn't work out right, why was the initial the immediate thought just like not like, all right, well it's going to be annoying, but we're going to put everyone in just like yeah. the 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 bracketbuilder.com yeah. and uh, we don't have slips, so after your round, you and your opponent are both going to come up and ver- both of you are going to verbally verify the results. Right. And you, know, uh, you could ask the question, why wasn't this done better? For many, many, many aspects of of this tournament, you could, we could play this game all day long. Of like, Chris, why didn't they do this? Like, yeah, why didn't they do that? But uh, but sadly, it was just it was just nothing there. Again, sadly, it just feels like there there wasn't a lot of um, a lot of forethought put into this. Um, additionally, for one of the rounds, I was able to determine that the pairings came out wrong, and instead of fixing them, they just asked that everybody subtract the number 116 from their table number, and that was where they were sitting. That was how it worked out. They just decided that somehow 116 had been added to everybody. I don't know if that ended up being true or not, but obviously all of the rounds were on massive delays, and so uh, a lot of the people that we know left early. But some of the people who are real, real grinders wanted to stay and get their get their play on. And the last I heard was somewhere between four and five o'clock in the morning. Um, the finals was split. <laughs> that's 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 what the delay was like on this tournament. So uh, let that be a lesson to any potential tournament orga- tournament organizers out there. Uh, put any amount of basic effort into what's going to happen before you do it. Check and see if there's a player cap on the Magic Companion app. Gosh, anything, right? I mean, have a, have a backup plan. Have somebody who's maybe done that before, right? Use an alternative method such that it doesn't take you five hours to try and figure out what to do as a backup plan should your primary feature go astray, right? Well, like, what happened to, like, were Like, were is, like, not supported anymore, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have to use the Companion app. Like what else? Like I mean, I guess you have to use a third party. Uh, yeah. Once again, once again, who's is the coast taking something perfectly fine and working and deleting it for I don't a companion think, app? Because no one has access to like Walter, right? Yeah, the the new Walter's one? the Walter's the word replacement. Yeah, or was like one? one of the word replacements because there's like two I, replacements last time I heard. I think. 
I'm not sure. I mean, I don't see why you couldn't just use like an MTG melee type software. The thing is, like, my immediately like immediate thought is there are other tournament brackets out there. Like for Hearthstone, we use Challenge. There's other online pairing systems. Just hey, know? there's no match slips, and that sucks. But like, you and your opponent just come up here and tell us your result. Right. Exactly. Right. And that they made things take longer, but you kind of have to have a backup plan, right? In those types of situations, especially when you're running that larger tournament. And the thing is, you've got to make sure that whatever software you're going to use can handle the 300 something people that are showing up. But thankfully, by the time the event started, many, 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 many people had decided to go home. (laughs) So uh, I do believe they issued refunds, but I do believe, I mean, as far as I know, they honored their payout promise. So maybe there's something that going for them. You know, I'm sure they don't they don't feel good about the situation either. But people were pretty frustrated about the whole not not knowing what their uh, their mask policy or anything was going to be. So sure, it makes sense. All right. Well, I mean, like I said, uh, that's what killed Magic this week. Otherwise, I think the the call is, um, hey, well, they said they're going to ban something in popper, so we just banned all the preliminaries. Heck yeah. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The I mean, did you see that Degenerate All Lands deck? <laughs> Too OP. I hope they ban Basic Planes. I can't believe that's been a common for so long. <laughs> it's in every set, even. Upshift it, upshift it. Yeah, uncommon. Oh. <laughs> Should imagine just one of the Basic Lands just an uncommon? I mean, I guess <laughs> technically Mountain was in Arabian Nights. Alpha yeah. has the infamous Rare Island. The Rare Island, yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. And it doesn't look any different from the other islands. Nope, not at all. But you know in your heart, you know? Oh my gosh. This is the rare one. Cue the uh, cue the Tarzan theme song. I just got that on record. There you go. Vinyl? Uh, all right. Vinyl, exactly. Wow. Went to, went to Yield Honky Bucket, and they were like, hey, do you want a bunch of Disney records? One of them is Tarzan. And I said, that's just the Phil Collins album. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right, well, we're going to dive into these Pioneer Challenge Top 8s where we cover all the sweet, sweet Innistrad spoilers. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, on Saturday, 8th place, we have O. Daniel Akos with Is It Phoenix? 7th place, we have I Am A Weezard with uh, the four-color Omnath Awakening deck. In 6th place, we have Oscar Franco with Niv to Light. 5th place, we have Nadabe with White Green Company. In fourth place, we have Jabberwocky, once again, piloting that Jeskai control list. In third place, we have Claudio, running that Niv to Light action. Second place, Watch Wolf 92 with Blue Black Control. And then first place, Hope of 130, with just the down and dirty Mono Black aggro. Uh, and then moving on to Sunday's top eight, we have fifth place. What is this? Manjui with the four color Omnath Awakening deck list. Seventh place, we have JTECT with once again. Uh, oh, these. Uh, oh, okay. This one is, but it looks like uh, seventh place here. We're playing some Escape to the Wilds action. And then sixth place, we have Musasabi with Mono Black Vampires, a deck to keep an eye on going in to our Innistrad spoilers. Uh, fifth place, we have Baraldi with Blue, White, and Soul. It's so good to see in Soul hanging around these top tables again. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. In fourth place, we have Ponzo Kuroga with Mono Black Vampires. 
Third place, Venerable Lima Sue with Bant Spirits. Second place, Underscore Against Underscore with Bant Spirits. And first place, WatchWolf92 switching it up and playing Is It Phoenix to a first place finish. So, wow. like I said, like if Phoenix, hey, another deck uh, we might want to keep an eye on heading into uh, spoiler talk here. Maybe so. Which, uh, like I said, so Chris and I put out a podcast on Monday, which you already would have hopefully heard covering the first several days of spoilers. Of course, Ricky couldn't join us for that. So we thought before we dive into all the new spoilers as of right now, we'll give Ricky some time to go over cards that were spoiled that we talked about that he didn't get a chance to weigh on. So Ricky, you got a few minutes have the floor. What are some cards that we already talked about that you would like to weigh in on real quick? Um, so have you, y'all have waited on the slow lands. Yeah, we have. We've gone up to flesh taker. Okay, you're staring at me. Um, the slow leave. lands are not great. No, but I think in some decks they are better than the pathways. I think the blue lands will be good for control. Right. Um. Enduring Angel has a funny line of text to stop it from being cloned. That is it. That card is not very good. Um, I think Tovlar is really good. I do I do enjoy Tovlaron, yeah. And I think uh, Jadar, Ghoul Color of Nefalia is way better than it looks. Really? I do not think that card is playable at all. Um, I think that, like, from playing other games that have a decayed mechanic, okay. right? I think that Decayed is being undercosted in this set a lot. And we'll get into more like commons and uncommons that I think are not being priced correctly for Decayed. Mm-hmm. I think Poppet Stitcher is pretty incredible. Ooh, I love Poppet Stitcher. Um, Light Up the Night has me excited for a Chandra because if Chandra rotates, it'll be the first time since Lorwyn uh, that we've not had a Chandra in standard since pre Lorwyn. Oh, interesting. Right of Harmony is probably the best card in the whole set. Agreed. Man, speaking of Right of Harmony, Chris, <clears throat> here's something we didn't talk about that I definitely like didn't think about until like right after we hung up. Yeah. Right of Harmony is just broken in Yorian decks, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Any any kind of blink deck where you're blinking all kinds of things at like, once. We just, re- we just reset like our omens and then we're getting like dudes back and we're drawing a card for the omen and the guys we're getting. Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about for a bit, right? Um, or at least my yeah. argument was, like, with Monk class, like, some of the problems you have is you just run out of cards until you get your Yorian, right? And even then, like, you're one for wanting too much, you, you can't get your value. But um, I could definitely see Rite of Harmony doing something like that. I mean, especially, uh, you know, if you wanted to go bigger mana a little bit or something like that, you definitely could. And yeah, Yorian's definitely the way to do this. Golly, yeah, it's sick. I think that Gavany Dawn card looks really good, but I don't think it is good. Which one's that one? The mil- he militia buglers every time the day turns to night or the oh, night gotcha. turns to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we thought that the jury was kind of on that one. I think to your point about decayed, one thing I don't know that we talked about enough uh, last time that I kind of was like, oh yeah, wow, we don't need to necessarily is like these are they're just food for the sack outlets, the decayed zombie creatures, <clears throat> right? Is like whether or not you attack with them doesn't matter. Their sacking creatures is typically considered a pretty big cost, and they're you know factored into magic cards as such. If you're sacrificing a creature, typically you get a pretty sick effect along with it. You know, think of the new mind control uh, that we'll talk about later, right? Um, there's there's going to be a lot of stuff that will take advantage of sacking creatures across magic and just getting a bunch of tokens like you can get for some of these cards uh, and just freely sack them off seems pretty sick. 
Uh, and I'm right. pretty sure Faithful Mending is good, and I don't know what combo deck it goes in, but it's good. It's GPG, right? I don't know we're if GPG is, is good enough, but you know. Me neither, but but we're hoping. We think it's at least a tier three. But those are my thoughts on the cards that you guys have already covered. All right. Well, um, the the man of the cow mask who's been standing in my apartment ever since we recorded last has now handed <laughs> me a crumpled <laughs> piece of paper that just says look behind you and i really don't want to and i don't think you should either so let's uh <laughs> let's get going with these new spoilers shall we let's starting on september 5th we have spider spawning at rare with ghoul collars harvest black and a green for a sorcery create x two two black zombie creature tokens with decayed where x is half the number of creature to- cards in your graveyard rounded up with flashback three black green this card uh, seems insane don't think this card is very good man I on the opposite side of that spectrum because again, those zombies just being able to be sacked off. Like I'm thinking Jund sack for pioneer, right? Like, so like you need four creatures in your graveyard to get two guys out of it. Right. This is accurate. I think that's a lot of dudes to have in your graveyard. Like you're never casting this on turn two. True. I I feel like this card would have been like a windmill slam. Mm -hmm. If there was any form of oops, all spells still around. Sure, sure. Or some kind of like mill effect with it, right? Mill a card, mill two cards, something like that. Right. Um, I don't know. Like it has flashback, which has me excited about playing this in like Dredge. I love playing Dredge, but I'm just not sure. I don't think this card is as good as it looks. Mm, Fair enough. Fair enough. Personally. Mostly because it's like, like at the end of the day, even if your whole yard is in your graveyard, or your whole deck is in your graveyard, like... How many creatures are you running? Like, are, are you running 20 creatures to get, uh, you know, this card active to make 20 power on board? Mm-hmm. And, like, if you are, then we're playing fewer spells to mill our deck faster. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it scales up very well. So, like, I definitely I definitely understand you with that one, you know? Right. There's probably right. better ways to make it Sinnerl tokens. All right, our next rare is going to be Lisa, Forgotten Archangel. Turns out the third, the, the fourth sister not dead after all. Two white, white, and black for a 4-5 legendary creature angel. We have Flying and Lifelink. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. If a creature an opponent controls die, would die, exile instead. So here's another just incidental exile creatures card. Um. So she... She feels like a praetor. Mm-hmm. Because she right, the, like, the, the, in the, the, the inverse for you and your opponent. Right, the inverse. Um, I don't know if she's good, but she's a flyer and lifelink for five mana. That's pretty good. And pretty she's decent. an angel, which is a very relevant creature type, but she costs five instead of four. Like, if she was a four drop... And like That'd be ungodly. Maybe just a four four. Right. It's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think she's going to see Pioneer play. That's fair. Fair enough. All right. Uh, moving up the list here. Uh, what do we feel like? Uh, any of these uncoms before we get to Augur of Autumn? Any, uh, anyone feeling like a corpse cobble or a defend the Celestis? <clears throat> um, I think the big one is the the one after that. Um, but I do think corpse cobble's okay. I would keep an eye out on it. I think it's a, it's a fun one. It's a fun way to uh, mess with your... Um, decayed creature tokens, obviously, right? Upgrade them uh, into a, a big old duder, but uh, you know, not sure that it's that exciting. 
All right, next we have Augur of Autumn. One green, green for a 2-3 human druid. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may play lands at the top of your library. And then Coven, as long as you control three or more creatures with different power, you may cast creature spells at the top of your library. I think this card is good. Yeah? So, like, Vizero the Menagerie is a really good magic card, but it costs four. And it only lets you play the creatures on the top of your deck. Let's say you play the creatures and the lands on top of your deck as long as you can get a coven. But like, oh my gosh, got... if I have to listen to you say coven the rest of this night, I'm going to lose it. What do you say? Coven. coven. I'm also like super stopped up. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So let me have coven. Okay, okay. Anyways, I don't want you to have COVID, so you can have COVID. Yeah, I don't, I don't have COVID. Um, yeah. Uh. I think this card is like really close. I mean, you're playing a green, so you're going to have one ones and maybe even zero ones. If you're playing the goose, this card seems really close to being like a mirror breaker in Jund food, uh, where you can just like shoot ahead in resources. Okay. But, um, I don't know if this will crack through in pioneer fully. I think in standard, this card's going to be absolutely insane. Sure. I mean, I th- I think you will see Pioneer play with this card just because, again, any matchup where it's like grindier, right? And we're just going to be kind of staring at each other for a while. Any like creature-based matchups, this really gets you ahead, right? Because like what's really popular right now, or at least it has been, is like green-white company, spirits, things like that. And while certainly spirits is disruptive, if I'm playing a mostly creature deck, this could be a good way as long as I've got some reach creatures, which green has plenty of that I can kind of maybe stop up the board and then start getting super incremental advantage off this, right? So any matchup where we're just going to be, you know, more of a board stall type situation, I think this is huge. And again, whether or not you're in the main deck, I'm not sure, but I could definitely see it in the sideboard if we keep living in this green-white company meta. Very true. Speaking of green-white company, we have Intrepid Adversary, the first of this cycle of mythics here, uh, pseudo multi-kicker, right? I think the big yeah. thing here is they multi-kicker when they enter the battlefield, not as you cast them. Right. So you do have a little bit of extra info, a little, you know, chance to actually have them pop off, so sticking all your mana into just having your opponent cast a spell. So Intrepid Adversary here is one in a white for a 3-1 human scout with lifelink. When Intrepid Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay one in a white any number of times. You may pay this cost one or more times. Put that many Valor counters on Intrepid Adversary. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each Valor counter on Intrepid Adversary. Important thing here is it gets them the counters on itself too, so... Or it gets the... that, that It gives itself the pump. It gives itself the pump as well. This card's going to be insane in humans, I think, actually. Yeah, I think this card's great. I'd also like to point out now, and I'm going to point it out again when we get to the red one, but uh, because they only... They multi-kick on Enter the Battlefield and not on Cast, uh, Claim gets this guy back for one mana... And lets you pay all the kickers you want. Oh yeah, good point. Oh and yeah, that's going to really matter. Mm-hmm. Really matter for the red one. Same thing with uh, Luris too, right? This gets around like Luris's limitations. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah. When it enters the battlefield, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't it? Yeah. So you can cast it from the graveyard, or you can do whatever you want to bring it back from the graveyard. Whether you want to cast Orzhov Charm or you want to cast Claim. Yeah. Is do we have Unearth? We don't have Unearth. No. All uh, right. One more thing. I think there's an uncommon worth mentioning that I was meeting between Corpse Cobble and Defend that I thought was worth talking about. Okay. In Turn the Earth, 
turn the earth costs one green it's an instant you choose up to three target cards in graveyards the owner of those cards shuffle them into their libraries and you gain two life just another incidental life gain and this is going to be a great way you know to kind of hose uh graveyard decks that you get twice right like we've seen ancient grudge be so popular because it targets their best artifact twice so this is one where it's like, hey, look, I'll go ahead and use this the first time it's good. And then obviously I can wait again. And as they're restocking, you can get them again. So not that we needed more graveyard hate. I mean, every card just has it, uh, you know, exile opponent's graveyard on it anyway. At least it seems so these days. That's just the de facto design Wizards has gone with. But, you know, there you go. The graveyards have had too good for too long, Chris. Yeah, apparently. Apparently so. <laughs> All right. Next up, Patrician Geist, two and a blue for a 2-2 spirit knight with flying other spirits you control get plus one plus one and spells you cast from your graveyard cost one less to cast so hey spirits i i guess if we want lords nine and ten we could play this otherwise eh yeah sounds about right like you might play as a two of that's what i'm saying right like it's lord nine and ten is this better than imperial eagle no, because no, right? Imperial, Imperial Eagle, Eagle still buffs like your Watcher of the Spheres, and if you're like on Brazen Borrower Tech, the only thing this does is it would like pump your Skyclave Apparitions. Uh, but yeah, I think Eagle's just better still. Like it's also a, Eagle's also a two three. Yes, that sounds right for the same mana cost, so mm-hmm. it just blocks better as well. All right, any any uh, any of these commons or uncommons where we get to Tainted Adversary? Uh, um, none of these ones. All right, Tainted Adversary, our black card in the Adversary cycle. One in a black for a 2-3 zombie with Death Touch. When Painted Adversary and Tainted and Painted, when Tainted Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay two in a black any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many 1-1 counters on Tainted Adversary, then create twice that many 2-2 black zombie creature tokens with Decayed. This card is an undercosting of the Decayed zombie. This literally makes them one mana each. So I for think five that's... mana, I get a uh, a three four death toucher and a couple of two twos, right? Right. Like I get that they can't block, which is different from like ephemeral from Runeterra. Mm-hmm. But like they're like they're good. Like these zombies it's are just, good. Just mini grave titan, right? I think this guy is gonna see some play in uh, in mono black builds. Uh, mm-hmm. Also. Once again, Loris makes him pretty good, but it's just like a two drop that's good on rate, two, three death toucher for two, and then it's it can be a lot more if we get into the late game. Like he's a army in a can in black, which is uh I think lacking army in a can type cards. I, I'm fine with the balance on decay just because we sack them as soon as they attack, you know? Right. So right. like, you know, the balancing on that does seem fine. But again, I do think block. what's that? They also can't, can't block. block. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's the big one, right? It's just like they only get to attack once, they can't block uh they can't block at all. But again, uh, definitely any bodies is better than no bodies. And again, because we have the format or we're talking about the format that has a pretty decent reach of cards in it, there's gonna be ways you're gonna want to sack those creatures off, you know? Alright, do we uh do we wanna talk about Toon World? I do actually. I think this card's uh pretty cool. I don't think you'll actually see play in Pioneer. But I believe in standard. This card can see a lot of play. I think this is going to be a limited bomb. Okay. And then how do we feel about taking his face off? This card is cool. What is the card, Ricky? Grafted Identity. Okay. It works kind of like uh, like face off. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> but for four mana, blue, blue, two, uh, as an additional cost to cast this enchantment aura, we have to sacrifice a creature. Who are we sacrificing? Nicholas Cage or John Travolta? Uh, I don't Nicholas remember Cage, the plot. Not even close. Um, as uh, so, enchant creature. We control the enchanted creature, and the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for gravy. I guess. Uh, so it's control magic, but we have to sack a dude. But it gives our guy, it makes our stolen guy a little bit bigger. I I don't hate this card. I think this card is. Are we playing I, this in any kind of pyromancer deck, like with all the creatures running around right now? Right. I mean, I've you can't because it it turns off Luris. Oh, I mean, I'm talking about my someone like my blue my blue red pyromancer. I'm not playing Luris anyway. Right. Um, this card I don't know about Pioneer once again for this card, but it's very funny. I've played Kefnet's Last Word before. Mm-hmm. Girls. Um, but you know, I I don't think this card is better than Kefnet's Last Word. I'm just gonna say that. I'm pretty interested in this card. I, I I think this card is Pioneer playable. Um, I don't know to what degree, but four mana is typically the point where control magic becomes pretty good. You know, five mana is a lot. Four mana seems to be where it slots in. The sacrificing a creature is a reasonable drawback, but I think, you know, again, I think there's enough tokens out there that some of the decks will be comfortable playing with. I at least want to see how it goes. You know, again, maybe it's not a main deck card. I kind of want to try it in the main deck, given the, you know, Pioneer right now is a creature-based format. You definitely find some control decks, but typically play against creature decks and how nice would it be to uh i don't know mess with your opponents like nightmare shepherd shepherd deck right you're just like hey take that rick i know you show up with nightmare shepherd every single week well here you go boom you know yeah i say who's showing up the nightmare shepherds i guess rick rick had it, got out of the pawn shop. i was gonna say rick uh got to go leave at the pawn shop and decided to go play pioneer that's exactly that's exactly right chun lee's the judge <laughs> oh no uh, all right, let's move on to. Here's a card I think is an actual good conversation. I'm curious if you think um, if this is a trap or not. We have Moon Veil Regent, three and a red for a four four drag with flying. Whenever you cast a spell, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each spell, each of that spell's colors. When Moon Veil Regent dies, it deals X damage to any target, where X is the number of colors among permanents you control. How do you feel about this? Is like a Niv to Light fun of. I'm going to be really mad when my opponent does this to me, but I'm not going to ever play this card. Like, my opponent is going to, like, play Carotid, turn three, play this, turn four, play Niv-Mizzet, draw five cards, trigger Niv-Mizzet, draw five (laughs) more cards, and I'm going to cry. (laughs) But I don't think, other than that nightmare scenario... Other than Claudio just dumping on you. Right. I don't think that's going to matter that much. This card feels really weird. I don't understand why this card is here. Because we need a dragon. It's a magic set. <laughs> it's just super weird. I love that explanation. Like, it, there's not any like multicolor payoff really in this set. There is like, now, but it's it's got stained glass wings, Ricky. Yeah. What do you want? Like, I'm just saying, like, we're not we're not doing anything, and it's a mythic, so it doesn't have to be thought about for like limited exactly. But like, we're in like modern magic design or fire design where we're only going to have 10 uncommons that are the signpost uncommons at in gold mm-hmm. and then we're going to have like the gold uh rare one-ofs right sure so there's going to be like 20 gold cards total and most of them are going to be two colors at max and like i just don't see this card i mean i'll tell you what it's there for the commander players that's for it sure oh that's where we're making our money right now 
All right, well, let's move on to the Spectral Adversary. One and a blue for a 2-1 spirit. Flash flying. When Spectral Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay one and a blue any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many 1-1 counters on Spectral Adversary. Then, up to that many other target artifacts, creatures, and or enchantments phase out. Ruckman, you're a resident spirits expert. How do you feel about this card? So, okay. I will say I was wrong about Shacklegeist. I have ever since I've played with it, I am liking Shacklegeist more and more. However, I am also willing to be wrong about this card because I don't like it. Not I think fan, maybe huh? maybe you could play it as like a one-up, right? But here's my thing, right? Uh, it's four mana to make a 3-2 and phase out something for a turn. Mm-hmm. It'll come right back, right? Uh, the other problem is if we hit it off Coco, it's six mana total for it to do anything. Yep. Yeah, these are better I, to hit off Coco, which I think I do think is interesting. I, I think there's just too many cases where this card just like does nothing. You can't play it early, like because you want to get at least you know one trigger off of this thing when you play it. Right. It's a two one spirit flyer. I could see it not being the worst. We're already playing other two one spirit one two one flyers that are just better, right? Like you have selfless spirit, you have rattle yep. chains. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You're probably right. Again, I think there's just so many good spirits. It's kind of sad, but I do think this is close to it, right? I mean, a four mana three two flash flyer that blanks a removal spell. Like the big case I'm thinking of is, hey, hands off of my spell queller. You know, that's that's yeah, the big that's one fair. I'm thinking of. But I, I'm with you. Like I, I I don't think this card makes the cut. Like but like I here's my see, thing. My know? thing as well, right? Like. If we're trying to phase out more than one thing, like, I guess, you know, this can hit our opponent's stuff, but, like, how often is, like, phasing out one opponent's creatures, like, I, there are some sort of corner cases, right? But, like, yeah. how often is that going to be, like, the make or break getting to phase out one thing for a turn? No, um, right. Otherwise, this... you know, I think, like, if we're looking at this as, a, as like, a pseudo-protection spell, mm-hmm. why not just play Guardian of the Faith? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that if you... Um... If this card settles pretty cheap, which I, I think that it might, but we'll see. I mean, if, if there's enough spirits to make a standard deck and this thing isn't very cheap, then I, I wouldn't go near it. But if this does settle, like some of the rare costs we've seen at a couple dollars for some of the old stuff, like a, a buck or so, and there's a couple of the spirits cards on the higher end that you don't want to get, I could see this making the cut for like a budget spirits deck, right? I went yeah. and I picked up my my spirits challenger deck, you know? Yeah. And I, I throw this in there. Uh, it doesn't seem like the worst. I, I am agree with you. I don't think it's in my perfect version of spirits, but you know, hey, it's fair, right? I mean, like I don't want to say skimp out on selfless spirit, but like you know, selfless spirits are seven, eight bucks. I can yeah. see this card being like two or three mm-hmm. if it doesn't set the world on fire in standard, which I don't. Maybe in standard sees play. Who knows? I I just don't think this card is there enough for pioneer. And again, you know, I I play spirits, but it, I don't like. It's been a while since I've like competitively played spirits. Yeah, um, um, I've got a hot take for you for this set. Oh yeah, what you got? Uh, we skipped over it. Chaplain of Alms, I think, might be one of the top ten cards in this set. The uncommon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chaplain of Alms. It costs one white. It is a creature. Human cleric is the big one. It's got two relevant creature types on it. All right, it's a one one. It has First Strike and Ward 1. And Disturbia. Why haven't we done that before? <laughs> Ooh, okay, so 
this card is a this card's insane. If we had seen this one drop years ago, there's no way we would just skip over it in a spoilers thing at an uncommon. There's absolutely no way. And you think about the ways that humans have to pump its other things. Big first strikers are huge, right? And then if this thing does die, we can disturb it back into play at our earliest convenience. The disturb cost is four, which is a, a hefty cost, but still it's just a free comes back, right? Now it gets flying and it's a base two one and each creature we control has ward one. But I don't know what else we're looking for in a one drop. It's a one one, it's got first strike, it has, uh, well, I say ward one. And then on the other side, it gives all of our creatures ward one. Dragon Hunter is a one mana two one and it has protection from dragons and can reach to block dragons. Wow, protection from dragons, huge. It blocks and the fizzy. Mardu Mardu Soul Spear or War Reaper. War Reaper uh, is a two one that is also yard hate and life gain. Sure, I mean this is this is this is better than something out there. That's that's all I I'm saying. I just feel is. like I see the one followed by another one, and there wasn't a two, and I see a limited What's mechanic. A, okay, it's a two well, one on the back. This. Who wins in combat between this and Mardu War Reaper? <clears throat> okay, you're correct there. <laughs> but I mean. All, all of the random X-1s that are around uh, who, this beast. Who it. wins? A dragon-scarred warrior or someone asking for spare change? That's exactly right. Run, the, the homie's running out with the collection plate I mean, here. Uh, but, you know, and then it's also got Ward 1. It also protects itself, right? Like, it's harder to kill. If they don't want to kill it, you're just going to put counters on it, right? Like, Thalia's Lieutenant Look, if our opponent insane. wants the Fatal Push R1-1, I think they have bigger problems to worry about. Exactly right, but I mean, again, then it's just then it's staying around. We're going to make it bigger because there's enough human anthems, right? And again, Thalys is going to makes this insane. And then you really just can't ignore it. We're just pinging him to death. And then again, then then when we get God or we get you know uh, you know Root or something like that, we get a backside to it, right? Like we get to cast it again, and now it's protecting all of our creatures. But now it's got flying, and it's a little bit bigger. You know, uh, I just I really think this card is very 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 good. I, I'd be surprised if it didn't see Pioneer play. Again, this is me. This is my hot take, right? I said it beforehand. I said this is definitely a little bit of a spicy take. But I just, I, again, if we saw this creature some time ago, we would think this is the most insane creature ever. Okay. I will, I will let you, uh, I mean, you know, when I was playing back in, uh, you know, Dissension and Shards of Alara, uh, I thought a lot of things were really cool. <laughs> but we can move on to uh, I'm, will, I'm on willing to... to pie over this card I'm not sure what it is yet oh, but oh, I'm oh. pie betting on this card Ty- tireless tracker at home at home let's do it Briarbridge Briarbridge tracker oh you wanna you think this will see top 8 play no 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 he's talking about chaplain of alms mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think I think chaplain of alms I- uh, I'll play I- against this card all day yeah I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to take a pilot we'll discuss the terms later another day where we're okay, not pressure right, time alright alright all right, Tireless Tracker at home, at home. We have Bradbridge Tracker. It's two to green for a 2-3 human scoot with Vigilance. When Bradbridge Tracker is the battlefield, investigate. As long as you control a token, Bradbridge Tracker gets plus two, plus oh. They put the rare stamp on this one by mistake. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's the stamp that belonged on Chaplain of Arms. They should be switching. Oh, man. Yeah, do we have to say more about this guy? No. Nope. Let's go on. <laughs> Hungry right, for hungry more. For, all right. Tell us about Hungry for More, Ricky. Hungry for More is sweet. I like this card. Red, black for a sorcery. Create a 3-1 black and red vampire token with trample, lifelink, and haste. Sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step, and it flashes back for three mana. It is Hellspark Elemental. Yeah, that it is. It's so weird with that life they link. have... It's so weird that they have this in the same like thing as cards that decayed. Yeah, it is weird. 
Um, but this card, I think, is good and will see play in Pyromancer decks at the least. Really? So the art on this thing is sweet. Uh, I mean, like, it's a spell that gets aggressive and you can cast it out of the yard. Um, and it's really good in, like, the mirror. I mean, the uh, art definitely just says Gentleman Callers. Oh, my lord. You know what blocks that vampire token? Chaplain of Alms? Yes, Chaplain, Chaplain of Alms does. So, can we get to the best card in the set now? Yeah, uh, yeah Sunset Festivities. Sunset Festivities. Alright, bring and it down for us, Ricky. So much room for festivities. <laughs> one Timely, white, if you will. One colorless. Sorcery. If an opponent has more life than you, gain four life. If an opponent controls more creatures than you, Create two one one white human so, tokens. So wait, Ricky, this is just worse timely reinforcements. Hold on. If an opponent has more cards in hand than you, draw a card. Hold on. Just me gets to draw a card, not both of us? Right. What's the opposite of having a card at home? It's gotta be having a card in Vegas, right? So, this is just timely <laughs> reinforcements in Vegas. This is two mana, gain four life, make two one ones, draw a card, control is back. Right, like, I mean, like, here's the thing. The the fact that the draw card clause is here means it's not dead in control mirrors as well. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know how we could have less cards in our hand than opponent? How? By playing Daybreak Chaplain on turn one. <laughs> Are you talking about Chaplain of Arms? Yeah, whatever it's called. <laughs> you mean Chaplain of Alms? Chaplain of Alms. No, it's the Chaplain no, of Alms. This, 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 this cleric is swole, okay? That plate's heavy. That's a heavy plate. Yeah, you're darn right. That's the swollest chaplain you ever you ever done seen. Uh, no, I was thinking by playing uh, Blue White Faithful Saluting, which I don't remember the name of yet. Oh, uh, Faithless Mending? Faithful, faithful, faithful Mending. Yeah, yeah, Faithful, faithful mending, mending, right? Faithful yeah. Mending. We Faithful Mending, we play this card, step four, profit. That's all I know. All right. I think this next. card is going to be insane. Card's great. Probably the best card in the set. Maybe, maybe. All right, we have Not Oblivion Ring. Uh, then we have Vengeful Extermination. It's a white blasters act. Six white white for a sorcery. It costs one less for each creature on the battlefield. Destroy all creatures. So, okay. Here's the thing. We started out friends. Okay. And it was cool, but <laughs> yeah. it was just pretend. Dang. Yeah, yeah. Not Wrath of God. Huh. Bravo. Bravo, Ricky. That I was feel good. like I've heard that before, but I really just can't put my finger on it. Like... Okay, the number of times you Supreme Verdict two creatures away is pretty high. Yeah. And the number of times you Supreme Verdict three creatures away, like, you're always going to, like, Supreme Verdict three creatures away. So, with three creatures in play, we have to spend five mana for this. Mm -hmm. Of our opponent's creatures, right? Uh Uh-huh. And so, like, it doesn't get down to Wrath of God costing until our opponent has four cards in play. Creatures. And I think that that's just, like... I think that's just getting greedy with our wrath or hoping no, our opponent is, is bad. I, I don't know about this. I don't think this card is, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think settle and Supreme verdict are just going to be way better than this card always. But people are talking about this. Like it's a good wrath. I mean, you know, this, you know what I know it's about a this good card? wrath Cause the only constructed format that uh, wizards is supporting right now is uh, commander. commander is commander. And this is the best wrath and commander. Now I've got a common to talk about. Uh, which one? The white one or the blue one? Startle. Spooky. They are under-costing these zombies, I think. Two mana, target creature gets minus two, minus zero until end of turn. We also get to make a two-two zombie with decay, and we get to draw a card. It's a lot of effects. 
This card is very good. You're going to have to believe me. This card is good. I don't think this card is like great, like breaking new grounds, but this card is definitely standard playable. I will be casting this spell in standard. I don't know about Pioneer, and I will definitely cast this spell in limited. I think this is like proof that they don't know what they want their decayed creatures to cost. Mm -hmm. Like Fleeting Distraction is like one blue for minus one, minus O, and draw card. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit better than that, and then for one mana we get a zombie. This card just seems insane to me. This card get, reads it reads like an Eldraine card, but it's not as powerful as an Eldraine card. Right, right. No, I mean, I, de- I definitely, I definitely get that feeling that you like, uh, you like your decayed zombies. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, again, if, if there's ways to use them, I definitely think you could be right. I think yeah. Unlimited, this card's definitely insane. I think I'm probably going to be playing just a ton of Poppet Stitchers. Fair enough. Um, and. Ruckman, if, if if you may, may I talk about Mr. Sticky Fingers? You mean Salad Fingers? Um, uh, old Stick Fingers, I think is the official name. They can't, I don't that think can't that's the not right the official name. It, it, that's what they translated it as, but I don't know if that's right. Old Salad Fingers. Yeah, um, yeah. I think this card's also insane. What'd it do? So, green, black, X for a star, star creature. When you cast this card... Reveal the top card of your library until you reveal X creature cards. Put all the creature cards revealed this way into your graveyard and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. His power and toughness equal to the number of creature cards in our graveyard. Nice. This guy is good. I don't know how he's good yet, but you can specifically mill only the creatures that are in your deck. You tell yeah, me I mean, uh, this doesn't just go into like our big mana dredge deck? I don't think so. I think this is like gonna do some weird, stupid thing, where like the only creature a, I play is uh, old is stick like, fingers and some other dumb thing. Yeah, and we're going to like cast him for like X is two or X is three to guarantee that we get like the entomb that we need. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like this guy is good because he's gonna do that. Oh, like yeah. I'm pretty sure like people already talk about like in Commander how like. You can have this guy as your commander and just set up that you always have your best reanimate targets in your yard. Mm-hmm. Like you just like only play like six reanimation targets and you will just cast him at some point and there's no other creatures in the deck. So you're going to get your good reanimate targets every time. Right. Uh, so like there is some weird like deck where we want to put exactly four copies of a creature into a graveyard or something. Mm-hmm. And I think this guy will will do it. So not yet. But someday, somebody smarter than me is going to show up and break this card. Yeah, I definitely think this card has some potential to be broken on it, especially in some of the some of the older formats. I mean, into the formats we talk about, I mean, this this would be a good combo with the uh, rare we were just talking about, where we get uh, we get decayed zombies equal to the creatures in our yard because it specifically gets creatures, right? So there's some upside there, but it definitely seems like the best case for this card is I'm milling the two creatures in my deck and they do something broken together. You know, exactly. That's all I had to say about stick fingers. That's all, all right. I have to say about that. What do you think? Uh, I, I I don't think, you know, it's earth shattering. I think uh, Ghoul Grizzly is a pretty solid card. Hold on. I have to I have to translate it. He gets it's, a little uh, counter for every creature that died, right? Yep. Great limited card. Great limited card. I Actually, I think all like the uncommon. The, the, the signpost uncommons are always good. Can we talk about the weirdest card I've ever seen printed on a magic card? Is it uh, a Dire Strain Rampage or Root Creeper? 
Dire Strain Rampage. Yeah, let's talk about Dire Strain Rampage. One, and a, one red green for a sorcery. Destroy target artifact, enchantment, or land. If a land was destroyed this way, its controller may search the library for up to two basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Otherwise, its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Flashback for three red and green. So, like, it does check to see if the land was destroyed this way. So mm-hmm. it doesn't do what the Wildfires card does. No, it, we don't get to Indestructible. Yeah, um, but this card is so weird. It's just like, it's a Harrow that will flashback to kill a Artifact or Enchantment late game. Uh-huh. Or maybe break a book combo later. Yeah, something like that. Um, or like we can flashback to, well, right, because we can cast this on three, right? Mm-hmm. And it puts us to four lands, which means we can immediately flash back to Harrow again. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is, like, the weirdest card because it's not actually supposed to be blowing up our opponent's stuff. This card is, like, definitely supposed to do something with Landfall. Yeah. And it's just a really weird card. What a weird game. And, uh, no, Zendikar's not rotating. Zendikar is still standard legal, right? Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Adeline... Splendid Cathar. One white white for legendary hu- creature human knight. It's a star for vigilance. Uh, Adeline's Splendid Cathar's powers equal number of creatures you control. And whenever you attack for each opponent, create a 1 1 white human creature tapped in attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Eh, this card's alright, but it gets better in Commander, right? It, it's got the Commander words on it. Yep, it do got the Commander words. It's a uh, it's a slightly worse Brim Mass, right? Like, I think this is uh, reasonably playable. Uh, I don't I don't know how playable, but if you wanted to, again, like a lot of these standard formats, you know, the printing of them, they're coming up pretty cheap. So I think you get a, you're getting a lot of budget alternatives in here, and this is a you know a great way to start stacking up creatures on its own, right? It's kind of build your own army, so you don't have to commit to the board quite as much if you're playing in decks that you're worried about that on. So a lot of the format is about one for one removal. So I'm not promising you this is going to be at its best here in Pioneer. But I definitely think it's worth looking at, right? You know, you get you get, you get to build a bear, so. Sure. Uh, all right, Siphon Insight. Blue, black for an instant. Look at the top two cards of target opponent's library. Exile one of them face down and put the other one on the bottom of that library. You may look at and play the exiled card for as long as it remains exiled. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. This card feels like it's 20 years old, right? With that can, much text. I, um... Also, flashback one blue-black. I'd like to put a pin in this one and talk okay. about it in a little bit. Okay. Can we put this card on suspend? Sure. All right, I'll put this card on suspend. All right. Um, talking about ants, or are we talking about the, the hotel? Let's talk about first the the uh, the ants card is just funny. It's not actually good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the human peasant, the ant, the ambitious farmhand. Oh, you actually like this card? I don't know if I like it. Okay. But it feels like a good space for white to go into. Uh-huh. Um, one white colorless for a 1-1 one, one, uh, human peasant. When it enters the battlefield, we could search our library for a basic planes and put it in our hand and then shuffle. So it does replace itself for two mana. And then for three mana, if we have Coven, uh, Coven we get to transform it and it becomes a 3-3 three, three with lifelink. I honestly think that if it did not have Coven, this card would be like probably insane. Maybe too good. You if it just transformed for three? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, the, the Coven keeps you from transforming it the next turn after you play it, right? Right, exactly. Which sort of sucks, but you know. If it was a rare, is... could they get rid of Coven? I think if it was a rare, they could definitely get rid of Coven and this card would be seeing play. Mm-hmm. It would also just go find a Plains and not a Basic Plains. Yeah. And then it would be, like, insane, right? But coulda, woulda, shoulda, this card is close. It, it, it does a lot of interesting things that White should be doing, and I think this is where White should be going. Sure. All right, let's talk about Hostile Hostel and the Creeping Inn and the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. Uh, Man, this card is I, just hostile. I was hostile. going for Hotel California. That's where I was going. You can check out, but you can't ever leave. I'm pretty sure Hostile Hostel is a correct way to pronounce it. But this card is definitely Hostile Hostel. <laughs> yeah. All um, right, so it taps Atticolis, and then for one and tap, sacrifice a creature, put a soul counter on a Hostile Hostel. Then if there are three or more soul counters on it, remove those counters and transform it. Then untap it, activate only as a sorcery. The backside here is a 3-7 horror construct. It's an artifact creature. Whenever it attack, whenever creeping in attacks, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of creature cards exile with creeping in. And then four mana, it phases out. So this card, from a design standpoint, I think is super great, right? So because it phases, you let it protect itself in combat, so you can swing with it. Oh, opponent's going to block it. Well, that's okay. We'll save it. We'll phase it out. And because it's phasing and not blinking, right, it's going to stay flipped, and it keeps track of how many cards it's exiled over time. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this card is a one-of in every Jun Sacrifice deck. Yeah. I mean, this gives us things to do with our little tokies, right? It's also probably fine as a one-of in the Black-Red uh, Pyromancer deck, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't come into play tapped. It taps for mana. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's better than playing Hive and Bugbear already, though? Hive of the Bugbear? Probably. Oh, well, uh, it's playing... that Pirates is playing, like, two of each now. Right. Um, I mean, like, this card is, like, huge on the backside, in my opinion. Like, it's no Whittaker in, Unbound, right? But, like, yeah. it doesn't require as much investment. Um, also, they hid the worst words on this card. I just read them, actually. They put Actuate only as a sorcery down all the way at the bottom of this long paragraph of text. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do that to me? (laughs) So you thought this card was good? I thought this card was absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, I'm now convinced that this card is good. Yeah. But I I did, in fact, think this card was OP bonkers broken. I could sack all my guys in response to removal spells and, like make a giant 3-7 that you're never going to kill. Yeah, I think I would still stay here over my local Holiday Inn. I still think this <laughs> card's very good, and I think it will see play. I agree. Alright, were we coming back to Siphon Insight, or are we still uh, putting that on pause? Uh, Siphon Insight is is soon, but not now. Okay, alright. Moving on to Bloodthirsty Adversary, our red card in the cycle. One a red for a 2-2 Vampire with haste. When Bloodthirsty Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay a 2 and a red any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many 1-1 counters on Bloodthirsty Adversary, then exile that many target and, and or sorcery cards with mana value 3 or less for your graveyard and copy them. You may cast any number of copies without paying their mana cost. This card is probably insane because yeah. of Claim to Fame. I think Claim to Fame makes this broken because for 4 mana, uh, you can cast Claim for a 3-3 three, three Haster, and cast any other spell out of your graveyard. And that seems, like, really broken. Uh, agreed. I mean, it definitely feels like one of the things you want more of in that deck is the, um, is the 1-3, that now I'm for some reason forgetting the name of. 
the the Dread Horde Arcanist. Dread Horde the Arcanist, yeah, the Arcanist. So this being kind of some extra copies of Arcanist does seem uh, does seem insane. Obviously, you don't get it every time you attack or anything like that, but a lot of times Arcanist, you know, either dies immediately or only gets a, a trigger or so anyway. So the fact this comes down, um, it's larger, and then you you know you automatically get the the three value or less, which most of your stuff costs one, but. You know, if you wanted to get uh, some kind of two, maybe that premium new two mana removal spell or something like that, you could. I just appreciate anyone who's going to John Woo crossbows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you gotta you gotta give it to them like DMX, you know. All right, time for Mascarita de Grizzlebread. Where'd you add the Ito? Yeah, it's Ash- clearly Mascara. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, one black black for Grizzlebrand's mass legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature has flying and lifelink. Whenever equipped creature dies, you may pay X life or X is its power if you do draw X cards. Cute. Yeah, it's neat. Commander will love it. Is it better or worse than Asmodeus? Uh, better. Way better. <laughs> Asmodeus is a, uh, is a colossal dreadmaw that takes your draw step from you. <laughs> Alright, well, Ricky... I think we have a card heal that seals the deal on no Snapcaster, but I think it's a pretty sweet trade-off. Um, whether or not it's going to be good remains to be seen, but it's easy enough to say that everyone is, of course, excited for the Delver of Secrets reprint. Delver of Secrets. It's been a while, good For friend. those that don't know, if you're sort of joining us for the first time and missed the original Innistrad, Delver of Secrets is a single blue for a 1-1 human wizard. Okay, if you're upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card. If the insert sorcery card is revealed this way, transform Delver of Secrets. In, and it transforms into Insectile Aberration, which is a 3-2 flyer. So obviously the big thing here is when Delver was like first in standard right, it had Ponder. Uh, when it was the menace of Legacy, it had Brainstorm. Is some good deck manipulation like that missing from Pioneer enough to keep this card fringe playable at best? We have opt and consider, but those don't let us control the top of our deck when this triggers. Right? Yep. They don't. They don't set up the top. Yeah, they do. Well, uh, I mean, we we get to look on our upkeep. Yeah. But oh, then and then puts, we draw. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this, Ricky? Where Where are oh. we going with this? Yeah, yeah. The the oh. setup's much tougher. You're you're trusting the flip now, right? And the thing is, if this doesn't flip, it's pretty bad. It dies to literally anything, right? And it dies to the uh, to the land spike field hazard. So you know it's it's a lot easier to kill, but it's still a very strong card. Conveniently, right? Channel Fireball tweeted out a Frank. I think it was a Frank Carson tweet from 2018 that said you need about 25 spells to make this flip 80 percent of the time. Um, so I like those odds enough that I bought a full playset because even if it is bad, I'm gonna find out. Yeah. So this but... is actually what. So this sort of ruins what I wanted to say, but I mean, I guess so. Siphon Insight. Uh, I was thinking about with Delver. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm an idiot, and I thought that uh, Opt and Consider both let you set in your upkeep. And then in the Delver mirror, you would want this card because you could cast it to steal the card that flips the Delver. No. Um, which you can't because it's an instant. Um, if there is a card stacking card put back in the format at some point... For some reason, they just lose it and put preordain in standard again, right? Right, yeah. just lose it. Uh. Um, if your opponent leaves cards on top with preordain on their upkeep, you can, in response to the trigger, cast the thought whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, thought scour, not thought scour, and uh, take the top two cards of their deck. 
and make them flip blind and they're going to do it anyways. And you're going to feel like uh, you were dumb the whole time, but uh, it is a fun little play, but that doesn't work how I thought it did. So I'm just an idiot. Don't worry. About I mean, me. we could stack our triggers. There are things that let us scry on our upkeep, right? Or look at the top card. Um, with play, like, that, search, that I saw people talking about like search for Ascanta. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, there, there are effects like that that let us like look and see what's going to go on. I don't remember if that mills or if it keeps it on top or we draw it. I think it either you either mill it's or sur- you, it surveil, top, right? you surveil. Yeah. You do surveil. So you can keep, you can keep it on top, right? So there there are effects like that. You know, again, it's it's we just have to stack them the I, right way if we really wanted to do that. I think the big thing here is Delver. I don't think is a Phoenix card to me. It's like we play a dedicated like Grixis list or we try to slot it into like the storming entity decks that we saw a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I mean, it could be. I think I think the big thing about Phoenix is that it's pretty resilient to Thoughtseize, and there, there's quite a bit of that running around. So it depends on your metagame as to what you want to play. Is that like the blue-red spells deck really does not want to be seeing Thoughtseizes because you're already getting rid of a lot of your own cards through, through the rummaging that you're doing. Um, but Phoenix really just doesn't care that much. You know, like you lose a card, all your cards are just trying to get that to get some cards in the yard so that you can then activate it. So I don't think this is an anti-synergy card with Phoenix, for sure. I definitely think you could play it, but... Obviously, I think, uh, you know, the, the first place you think of is with the lightning chicken instead of with the uh, the other lightning chicken. Strap the the lightning boys. chicken over the bin chicken? Yeah. I'm going to be sleeving four of Delver of Secrets in every standard and every pioneer deck I play. Look, I'm just, look, I, uh, like I said, I bought a foil playset like as soon as it got spoiled and uh, I already have my promo EIs. So you know what I'll be doing. There you go. And uh, we've, Spiral we've, Canals... Under- we've converted the boy to the to the is it size. Spire Wolf Canals are under $20 again, so I should probably pick some of those up. I was going to use this money for Foil Sorens, but Chris reminded me that I've never won with that deck ever. So uh, I will continue to avoid that deck, I guess. Said, so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, boy, Curse of Surveillance's art is creepy. Yep. Let's just move on from that card, please. <laughs> let's talk about Sacred Fire, though. Oh, gosh. Let's do it. All right, Chris, what is Sacred Fire? Sacred Fire, one of the, the holiest of fires, if you will. It costs a red and a white. It's an instant, and you might recognize some of this text. Sacred Fire deals two damage to any target, and you gain two life. And at that point, you're thinking, wow, look, they, they fixed Lightning Hills a little bit, right? Except this card has flashback, and thank goodness it's got the cost on it. The cost is six. I think if this card was like four or something like that, it'd be a little bit too bonkers. Uh, but flashback six, we've really brought this card back into the balance zone. Um, to again deal two damage and, and gain two life. So um, I'm pretty happy with this card. Again, I it's so hard to determine how pioneer playable it is right now, given the. I would say, two. How, do you, how do you like this over like the slaying dragon fire that Jess guy plays? Yeah, I, I I think maybe right. I mean, it, it depends on again. There's a lot of creatures in this format, so I do think the incidental life gain we're seeing on a lot of the cards in this set, whether it be the uh, faithful mending, the the green um, Gaia's blessing type effect, whatever that was, where you pick three creatures, three cards, and put it back. There's a lot of incidental life gain on cards that I really think is going to help you. And you know the. Um, Mono Red Burn decks obviously don't like to play against Light Gain. The Rakdos Arcanist decks don't like to play against Life Gain, right? Things that slow them down, especially when this attaches some removal to it, really, really hurt. So I definitely see this being a contender. Again, two is just such a crazy cost right now because of Expressive Iteration, the two-meta removal spells. There's so many great cards in Pioneer that cost two. You better be a really good card for, for your two-mana cost for sure. But man, that instant of Life Gain, I don't know. I'm, I'm convinced this is going to see play. Uh, I don't think it's like obviously going to see Pioneer play, but I do want to mm-hmm. shout out 
dual for dominance solidifying that Toblerone has just tiny legs. Toblerone. <laughs> yeah, that art there. Ricky, how do you feel about the Sacred Fires? I think in uh, if we lived in the format where we started, mm-hmm. where like uh, Goblin Rabble Master was coming down on turn two to like, uh, you know, just just give you the business. I mean, Galea is still coming down sometimes, right? Depending, especially depending on your different meta games, right? Uh, I feel like the two toughness at two mana, like doing two damage at two mana, is not where Pioneer is currently, but I think it could cycle back to it. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't but kill Arcanist that, on turn two. Yeah, I think that like I think that the Dragonfire is really important right now to get like Mayhem Devils, to get Prosperous Innkeepers, to get the uh, the the one three that re- the Dreadhorde Arcanists. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this card. Put it in your box of Pioneer cards. It will see play in the future when, like, people are like, "What if I just like land Warwolf into this uh, into this Rattlemaster again?" Right. Sure. Sure. Something. Yeah. But like, I think right now that's not happening. So. Fair enough. All right. Here's a card I really like in this set, and that's Sun Gold Sentinel. One in a white for a three-two human soldier. Whenever Sun Gold Sentinel enters the battlefield or attacks. Exalt one target card from a graveyard. And then Coven, one in a white, choose a color. Sun Gold Sentinel gains Hexproof from that color until end of turn and can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. Activate only if you control three or more creatures with different powers. Rocco, I'm going to stop you there. You're not allowed to like graveyard exiling effects anymore. We've told you that you're on the is it team. This and as an is it official is it card carrying uh-huh. team member now, you're not allowed to like the graveyard. But, but I'm playing Delver. I don't care about my graveyard. Well, that's not true. You might. You you, you need you need delve spells. Do I, I am I delver I deck? Like oh, I think you so. don't like this. This card's so good. I think it's fine. It's like it reminds me of eight and a half tails. Okay. You Where have to you, have, have other creatures at, in play. Yeah, that's fine. Like this even re- with, exiles cards from a graveyard, and that's mean. But look at the art Wait, though. Every time somebody casts a go blank, a graveyard player cries. Yeah, so, that's, and then I laugh. Please stop. You know, call Sarah Brellis now, and you too can sponsor somebody who's been affected by graveyard hate. You mean Sarah McLaughlin? Yeah, no, Sarah Brellis. We couldn't get McLaughlin. We couldn't afford McLaughlin. <laughs> but she's like a Tony-winning like Broadway writer now. Oh gosh, I thought she was just going to write me a love song. No, she's writing Tony winning. That love song she wrote, you sure did end up on Broadway. That's what he's saying. Wow, good Ooh. for her. All right. Hey, here's a card I horribly Sentinel. here's a card I horribly misread in Willowgeist. Didn't Single we green for a one one tree folk spirit with trample. Oh, we got a little brushwag action here. One with trample. Okay, okay, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, put a one one counter on Willowgeist. When Willowgeist dies, you gain life equal to its power. So I totally thought we just cut all the counters. Yep. 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 I when <laughs> I read this first, I had to read it twice because I was like, oh wow, like that seems like really strong. It's really cool. Um, but then, yeah, I read it again, and I was like, man, that one or more, to, it's just so tricky. You know what I'm saying? Like, the one, just that little or more, I'm just not used to reading because it's kind of a newer effect. We get to, and It's, it's a green card. How is it this bad? I mean, like, look, <laughs> I want to play this guy into Grizzly Salvage. It's supposed into to draw me cards. In, into Eggs on My Graveyard and just cast Hooting Mandrels and make this like a 5-5. Five five. I don't like I just, that the art didn't give credit to Ricky for the model. That's what I want to know. Where else do you think they got that beard from? It's only point. your graveyard, too. Yeah. Or else this guy could be like best friends with uh, the Excuse? red the red green god. 
Oh, Clothis. Clothis. Mm-hmm. Clothis. So, uh, this card is, uh, I like, it's got the spirit, but, you know, I don't know, what are you going to do, like, Soul Guide Lantern yourself every turn? I guess. Yes. Yeah. Cry inside? I I'll do what it takes. <laughs> and it's, like, so, like, against what the green, like, the green deck wants to do. Like, is this, like, for green-blue? Because the green-black wants cards in our graveyard. Right. I don't know what this card is here for. It's a one drop though, so it's funny. Um, talk. All right, I want to talk about one of like the coolest arts in the set with Wake to the Slaughter. Um, I think this card is really close. Yeah, break it down for us. Uh, black, red, three sorcery. Choose two target creature cards in your graveyard. An opponent chooses one of them. Return that card to your hand and the other one to the battlefield under your control. It gains haste and exile at the beginning of the next end step. Flashback for six mana. Um, man, it's close. We do, we can pick the same creature twice. Um, and yeah, as, long, we, as long as we have two copies, that's what he's saying. Like, we do live in a world where, like... Do we live uh, in a society? Emrakul and <laughs> Ulamog don't just shuffle back in. Right? Yeah. They don't. Yeah. So we could shuffle, like, we could just shove them out and stuff like that. It, like, this card makes me think a lot with the, uh, the Candlestick Man, but... The fact that like we need two big targets might be too much because you have to target both. Mm-hmm. Like if you target double Emrakul, like I don't think you're losing the game because you're gonna get just like the thirteen swing at their face now, and right. then you have the other one in your hand now to cast. True. True. Yeah. No, I no, feel it, like it this, card, this card could do something. It has flashback, so I, like I feel like there's like some Jund Delirium deck that hasn't been invented yet maybe in the future, but also this card costs five mana mm-hmm. and doesn't doesn't let you look at the top ten cards in of your deck and draw eight of them. So Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. Alright, we got one rare left for the day. That's Reckless Stormseeker. Two to red for a two three werewolf at the beginning of each combat on your turn. Target creature you control gets plus one and plus own gains haste on the turn. That's the day bound side. The night bound side is Storm Charge Slasher a three four at the beginning of combat on your turn, a target creature you control gets plus two, plus O, and you gain trample and haste until end of turn. Wow. Look at that limited card. Look at that uh, great limited card. I, I don't know about that one. I mean, like, maybe. But this is... I definitely think you could play this card. I don't know that it's that insane. But, I mean, it, it itself, right, the beginning of combat can give itself uh, plus one, plus O, and haste. Right? Oh, okay. Three, Actually, three. no, no, no. This is better. Yeah, no, it's a 3-3 three, three haste on for three. 3-3 three, three haste for three. And then, you know, as it keeps giving our other creatures haste, right? This oh, is a haste no, no, no. bot. And then when it flips, we start giving plus two, plus zero haste and trample. You know what? I misspoke. This card's better than it looks. Uh, I immediately just saw the stupid uh, common from AFR mm-hmm. that gives something plus one, plus zero every turn. Uh, but no, the haste matters. And like, if Surak has seen play in this format, like this guy could see play. There we go. Boom. I won. <laughs> you did. You won. Scoreboard, <laughs> Chris. Ricky, real quick, what do you what do you think of the change to daybound and nightbound? Oh, uh, it, like is it is it just super, for arena? It's super crazy. So, like, and uh, Mr. Judge, please like confirm this with me. But like, the day night change now happens before the turn begins, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So it doesn't happen in upkeep. So like, my cards just transform as state based action now. Uh huh. So like. They don't go on the stack. Can't wait till my turn. 
I believe that's correct. Let me look at the day, like an actual card with day bound, night bound. Real yeah, quick. it just it just says it becomes night next turn. Yeah, right. yeah, that'll just happen at the beginning of the turn. Um, so like cards that like care about the flip from day to night, yeah, would trigger um, before the upkeep. Then right, or do they have to wait to the upkeep? Well, they will they will trigger, but nothing goes on the stack until upkeep. Until the upkeep, okay. But like so, because uh, Torbalone, right? As we've discussed yeah. before, um. He says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have three or more werewolves in play, it becomes night. Mm-hmm. So literally, um, if your opponent, if it is night on your opponent's turn and they cast two spells, then on before the turn begins, it will become day. Yeah. And then immediately on your upkeep, there will be a trigger to flip it back to night. Yes. But otherwise, for the most part, uh, like your cards just become werewolves. Mm-hmm. So like... Um, there's no chance for you like to to wait and put the transform trigger on the stack and mm-hmm. respond to it while it's still small. There's there's no um, who who's uh, who's hunt master kills who, right? <laughs> right. Gosh, I forgot about that whole thing. Golly, but that's uh, not one I care to remember. The so I like that. It's also interesting because it does mean, and, and this is like sort of huge because why werewolves sort of sucked in limited in the other sets is because you literally had to go, okay, opponent, I'm not going to play cards. So all of my cards can get bigger. And then your opponent just goes, that's great. Think twice at the end of your turn. And now you've passed your turn and done nothing. And your guys didn't get bigger. Mm -hmm. So because of the way the day night works now, it just says on their turn, if a player did nothing, right? Yeah. So if you want to flip your werewolves, you will flip them. You can just go, I end my turn. And it will flip your werewolves. Um, and the new knight mechanic says that somebody has to cast two spells on their own turn, which yeah, is important. That is correct. Yeah, if a player Arlen, casts no spells during their own turn, yeah. Which I do think Arlen is going to be a staple and standard for like the next year or so. Arlen's ability lets you cast spells on your opponent's turn, so you can pass and flip everything to knight, and then cast your spells on your opponent's turn. But you can go ahead and cast two spells, and it won't flip back to day. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to, like, hold back on your opponent's turn. So if we get more Flash-style werewolves and, like, cards that let us play on our opponent's turn, then it's really cool because we don't have to worry about the day-night cycle our opponent does. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, is... So they've obviously they come out and said they're not going to errata the old ones. Um, But Forsyth did say on Twitter that they would essentially consider it if enough people complained. Um, it changes literally everything about the cards. I think exactly. 100%. I agree they shouldn't do it. Entirely changed. And Torvlar, Torvalone... Tor- yeah, uh, Torvalone has that text. Like, the reason Torvalone has that weird bit of text at the end of his flip ability is so you can sync up all of your old werewolves, too. Right. And I like that you can just cast cards on their night side. I, I agree. I think all the day-night changes are actually amazing. It, will it be a little annoying to check? Yes, but it's not as annoying because you only have to check with the player whose turn it was. I just can't wait for it to go day and night on Arena, but only on the Midnight Hunt map. It's not going to do like a, an effect for any other map. <laughs> or it will, and it's going to break the game. Bro, are you ready? Night Crab map is actually insane. That's <laughs> your secret. Because you can't see what the crab looks like otherwise. <laughs> like, there's just so many Easter eggs. That map is so bad that in order to make it good, they they went all out on the Night Crab map. <laughs> the Night Crab the night crab cometh (laughs) 
please. Anyway, the man with the cow head in my apartment has now handed me another couple piece of paper saying it's time to wrap things up. So, like I said, we'll be back. Hopefully this episode got out a couple days early. We'll be back early early weekend with uh, sort of final thoughts and uh, to get ready for our top ten. And then, hey, guess what? You might see another special top five come out. Um, we'll see if that happens. But anyway, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Thank you, listeners at home. And uh, thank you if you want to keep supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Be sure to go check that out. Three different tiers available. And uh, like I said, by the time uh, this weekend rolls around, hopefully I will have finalized our Extra Life page. Uh, so you people can start donating to that as we head into Extra Life Game Day at the beginning of November. Uh, I want to, I forgot to say it, but quick shout-outs to Wonky Wombat, who retained the Crew 3 Championship this weekend. And because we aren't going to have a webcam in October, we'll be carrying that into our streamed webcam event during Extra Life Game Day. So, you know what? Hey, like Heck I said. Yeah. like Congrats, I said last, Wombat. Yeah, like I said last week. Uh, if you want to play some different, spice things up a bit more than our normal proxy rules allow, $10 donation goes to a great cause. Gets you two entries into our giveaway unless you have unlimited proxies for that streamed webcam event. This should be a lot of fun. Thank you once again for listening. Gentlemen, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas. Ricky, where they can, find, can they find you? They can find me at, at, also, at also Steve on Twitter and also on Dormonster on YouTube. And you can find me at Crew3Podcast on the Twitters, where I run our official feed. Uh, currently, you can find me at Crew3MTG on Twitch, but I might be taking a step back because with this new job, streaming has become way harder than I thought it was going to be to keep up with. So until I move early next year and my schedule comes down a bit more, I might just be switching back to just some YouTube content that I can spread out and not have to really worry about maintaining a good stream schedule but we'll see i'm still trying to figure that out uh so hang in there while i figure out what's going on with that extra content but we are cruthy mtg on twitch and youtube as well thank you for joining me we'll talk to y'all next time bye bye bye